You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in the driver's seat talking all things about Texas A&M. And today, is Jimbo Fisher a top 10 coach in college football? Better yet, is he a top five coach in college football? We're going to break down our top 10 coaches going into the season and where Jimbo Fisher ranks among them for Texas A&M. Make sure you listen to every single day the Locked On NFL Draft Show with Trevor Sycamore and Benjamin Solak. They recap and analyze all picks for the 2021 NFL Draft and look forward to the future first-round picks for 2022. Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Find them on the Aussie app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. As always, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality, exciting podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12-man related content found here on LLP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Top 10s. Something about that. When you really think about it for a second, top 10s is always kind of a double-edged sword and always has a backlash because your top 10 will never match anyone else's top 10. And it could be close. I mean, I mean, you could be one person off. Same top five players. Same top five TV shows. Same top five ice cream flavors. But you have vanilla at number two. They have vanilla at number four. You have Rocky Road at number five. They have Rocky Road as number one. You have Back to the Future as your number five movie in trilogies, which, by the way, it should be number one. But another person has Indiana Jones ranked number one as the best trilogies. And yes, I don't include the last one. The point is, is that no matter how you try to view whatever top ten you're trying to do, it will never be good enough. And that's kind of the case when you look at Bill Bender's recent one at SportingNews.com. Bender released his rankings for all 129 teams head coaches going into 2021 and how this would factor in. But naturally, no one really cares about the top 50. No one really cares about the top 100. Nobody really cares about the top 20. They definitely don't care about the top 150. They care about the top 10. And let's go ahead and break down his top 10 before I give you my top 10 later on in this list. Notable names who were left off include Jim Harbaugh, Uh, Mario Cristobal from Oregon. You also had Paul Chris from Wisconsin left off. Uh, You had Ed Orgeron, who just won a national title, left off. Luke Fickle left off. And Pat Fitzgerald left off. Number 10 was Mack Brown from North Carolina. Number 9 was Matt Campbell from Iowa State. Number 8 was Dan Mullen from Florida. Number 7 was Kirby Smart from Georgia. Number 6 was Ryan Day from Ohio State. Number 5 is Jimbo Fisher. Number four is Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. Number three is Lincoln Riley. Number two is Dabble Sweeney from Clemson. And number one is Nick Saban. I think we all can agree. Number one is set. And I'm going to tell you right now. I'll I'll say it at the end because that's just how I do it. Number one is Nick Saban. Nick Saban is easily number one. His career. Career. 30 years of coaching. 20, I think it's, uh, what's he at now? Almost three decades. I know he's 27 or 28 years. 256 and 65 is his record. 2, 5, 6, 6, 5. At Alabama, 
165. So he had 100 wins. Less than 100 wins when he came in. 60, 23 losses. 23 losses since coming to Alabama in 2007. Yeah, he's the best coach in college football. But what's interesting to see is that how people rank it. Now, if you go based off Bender's rankings and how he kind of describes it, six straight ACC championships is why Dallas when he comes in at number two. The little to none transition from Bob Stoops to Lincoln Riley and how that offense has only thrived and actually reached new heights more under the former OC is why Riley comes in at number three. And Kelly comes in at number four because if he's been to the playoffs twice and he has a 33-6 and six record in the past three years at Notre Dame. And for his career, he's 81-39 and 39 at Notre Dame. Now, that does not say that Brian Kelly is not a good coach. But you look at Jimbo Fisher. And if we tie in Jimbo Fisher and his success, not just at A&M, but as a whole, his numbers are actually almost on par with Brian Kelly, who's been a head coach six years longer than Fisher. He went 134-60 and 60 in FBS. Jimbo Fisher has gone 109-33. and 33. So again, there's less losses for Jimbo, but compare that to the number of wins. They're almost neck and neck. Look at the talent also that he's had to recruit from. Brian Kelly, before Cincinnati became a huge place, before Butch Jones made it really cool to be there, before Luke Fickle took the team to a almost college football playoff appearance, losing it out and then playing in the uh, Peach Bowl to Georgia, Brian Kelly was the head coach. Brian Kelly really set the tone for Cincinnati football and put them kind of on the map when they had guys like Marty Gilliard on the staff. But Jimbo Fisher has been in an area where he's been able to recruit time and time again, steal recruits away, and find immense success as a recruiter to help him become a head coach at Florida State. What did he do at Florida State? He won. He had two seasons where he didn't finish with double-digit wins. His first season, no, his second season, my bad. It was his second season and his last season. Every year besides that, he had double-digit wins. Let's also break this down for a quick second. Since coming to A&M, you could argue that A&M has gotten better. Not maybe record-wise, because again, they went 8-4 and four to 7-5, and five, but they've gotten better. They've recruited better. They've expanded their horizons. They've reached new heights to where I don't think Kevin Selman ever would have even touched. That's where they are. That's where Texas A&M is going into year four of the Jimbo Fisher era. He's expanded the recruiting trail outside the state of Texas and outside the South. They're now getting number one players at respective positions in different states who are making immediate impacts. They are absolutely crushing Every single bit of building a team. The chemistry there is great. On top of all that, you look at the recent recruits that he's been able to go get, especially at quarterback. He is a quarterback whisperer. You know, everyone forgets how well he was able to develop guys like a Jamarcus Russell, like a Jameis Winston. Now, again, what they did in the NFL, whole different story, but what they did in college, that's where you start. I look at that and I go, okay. He now has Haynes King, Zach Calzada, Eli Stowers, Connor Wingman, uh, Wigman, and um, 
Eli Holtzfield for 2023. Like, that's a quarterback coach. You don't get those guys if you don't know how to train a quarterback. That's why Jimbo Fisher is that great. Brian Kelly, there's nothing against him. But I can make an argument that he is higher than Brian Kelly. And it's not just based off record. It's based off of production. And if you look going into this season, who are you betting on more? Do you bet that Notre Dame in a non-conference, making up their own schedule, playing whoever they want, has a better shot of looking like a more complete team than Texas A&M does in an SEC schedule? Now, again, they they are going to have some bumps. You know, they're playing Kent State. They're playing New Mexico State. They're playing Colorado. They're going to play some nobodies. But they are playing eight other schools from the SEC. You can't say that about Notre Dame. Part of the reason why Brian Kelly's record is a little bit higher and his win rate is a little bit better is not because he's a better coach. It's because of the talent they play against. Never forget in 2019 when Kellen Mond said, I was the best quarterback in the SEC. He wasn't. But at the same time, you faced off against the number one team on three different occasions, and you faced off against five top ten opponents. Yeah, you're, you're going to lose a couple of those games. That just happens. Brian Kelly barely plays a number one team. And when he does, he has to wait for the backup to come in to beat them and let Trevor Lawrence get COVID. Like, that, like that's Notre Dame. Just saying that. Nothing against Notre Dame. Nothing against the fact that Notre Dame is a historic program, which they are. I grew up in a Notre Dame household, but at the same time, let's get facts straight. Recruiting, A&M wins. Production on the field, A&M wins. More significant wins, A&M trumps Notre Dame besides last year. The only significant win on the record for Texas A&M, I mean for um, Notre Dame, is Clemson. You can make an argument that Florida is an impressive win. You can make an argument that North Carolina is an impressive win. You can make an argument for a few of those. And I think going into this year, you can make a big argument. But that's where I'm going to go ahead and rank my top 10 coaches going into 2021 and where Jimbo Fisher ranks in that list. The Stanley Cup is live as the Montreal Canadiens take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. And the NBA Finals are right around the corner. I think we all can expect it to be right now. Phoenix versus Milwaukee, but you never know. But it don't matter what you want to do. Make sure you go to the one place we love and the one place we trust when it comes to making your bets. That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to get all your bet sporting action before the next pitch, before the next puck drop, before tip-off. Head over to betonline.ag on your mobile device or on your laptop and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and great contest information. Don't stand the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game as your team's prep for their deep run and winning a title. Head over to betonline.ag and sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, top 10 coaches. These are my top 10. But before I dive into that, I want to give three honorable mentions because I do think that these are three coaches that do not get the respect that they deserve for what they've done for their programs. Let's start off with the first one, Paul Christ. Paul Christ, nobody talks about. Nobody talks about Wisconsin. Nobody talks about how good the Badgers are. Nobody talks about how they are one of these teams that can fight, that can claw their way, and they actually have better numbers consistently 
than teams like Nebraska, the Blue Blood School, or Michigan, where Harbaugh is, or you could throw in um, Iowa, who, again, is consistent, but they do have a couple down years here and there. But when you look at Paul Christ, he is 75 and 38 as a head coach during his time at Pitt and Wisconsin. He is 56 and 19 as the head coach as Wisconsin. He has four 10 win seasons and three Big Ten West championships during his six years as the head coach for the Badgers. That's an impressive mark. And the only reason we do not talk about him a little higher is because they drop a game here and there. They drop one or two, usually Ohio State and then some random team. Sometimes it's Michigan, sometimes it's Michigan State, sometimes it's Iowa, sometimes it's um, it's Indiana, sometimes it's Penn State, but he's right there every single time that we're in the conversation. And compare that to Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is 49-22 and at Michigan. Meanwhile, you have 56-19 for Paul Christ. People think that Harbaugh is a better coach than Christ. I disagree. I 100% disagree with that. Another coach real fast, Mario Cristobal. I know Mario Cristobal from his time at Alabama when he was the offensive line coach. I know he got his opportunity to become the OC at Oregon. He ran with it. And since the Ducks have not missed a beat as a head coach for Florida International, and uh, he went somewhere else. I forget about the other place. Uh, He's 52 and 57, really picking up steam as Oregon's head coach. He is the two-time defending Pac-12 champion. Though last year, it could have been considered a disappointment with how the playoff expectations were. Uh, But everything that he learned under Nick Saban, he brought to Eugene as an offensive coordinator for Willie Taggart. And then when he took over, I actually think he was better than what Willie Taggart was in or in Oregon. And now he has his team back-to-back times going to the Pac-12 championship, back-to-back times fighting for a New Year's Six Bowl game, and he's going to do it again this year. I have no doubt about it. They recruited really well. They've done a fabulous job keeping a majority of their players. And guess what? Even though they lost Penne Sewell, he didn't play last year. So you're not really replacing a ton of players outside of Thomas Graham and there's another guy I'm blanking on his name right now. Besides that, this is the same team coming back. I believe Oregon can have a deep run to the postseason. He's not there yet, 52 and 57, but Mario Cristobal's a name to watch for going into this year. And finally, it's Luke Fickle. I'm sorry, I don't know why people do not like Luke Fickle and why they do not consider him a higher name, but of all the coaches in the top 25, Fickle has to be the one who's made the biggest jump in two years because of what he's done at Cincinnati is impressive as all hell. It really is. Everything you see from Cincinnati, he has made it to where they are 31-6 and in the last three seasons. So this is not just a one-year wonder kind of thing. Do you remember when Mike Norvell was coaching at Florida State? I mean, at at Memphis. And he just turned that program around in, in place of Justin Fuente. And then he got the head coaching job at Florida State. You can see the same thing happen with Fickle this year. Because the last few years... You've seen the AAC coaches really step up. Tom Herman, he gets the job at uh, Texas. Norvell, he gets the job at Florida State. Fickle's next in line. And Fickle, honestly, might be better than both of them. Because of what his background is, what he learned under Urban Meyer, what he learned under Jim Trestle, what he learned being a you know assistant at Ohio State. And honestly... There was a report that said Fickle deserved an opportunity to become the head coach for the Buckeyes. I actually agree with that. I get Ryan Day, and Ryan Day is a top 10 coach in the, in the college football realm. He is. There's no denying that. But I do think that Fickle 
is deserving of a Power 5 job, and not an Illinois, not a Missouri, not a Vanderbilt, a Notre Dame, a, a, a Oregon, a USC. He is deserving of that. And I think that when you see this year, how well Cincinnati has played and how well they're still producing, even though they've lost a couple of key players on both sides of the ball, he's going to be in the running for a very contentious Power 5 job, without a doubt. Now onto my top 10. We're only going to do two, and then we'll get back from the break. Number 10 for me is James Franklin at Penn State. Listen, they had a down year last year. Four and five, nobody really wants that. I mean, yeah, nobody really wants that. It's a bad year. It's a bad look. There's nothing positive about it. Uh, But when you look overall at what Penn State has been, not just what Penn State has been, you know, uh, underneath Franklin, but what the history of Penn State is with Joe Paw and then what Bill O'Brien was able to do with it, Franklin really has been the most consistent outside of Pa, outside of Joe Pa. And there were years where Joe Paterno, you know, very much struggled. This is one year where James Franklin has been bad. He consistently is finding himself inside the top 10. You know, over the last four years, they would have been in the college football playoffs all four years if they would have had 12 teams. There was two years where they finished just outside the top five, uh, outside the top four. One year they finished sick uh, five. One year they finished seventh. They know how to recruit, and I do think that they have another year where, you know, everything was kind of up in the air last year, so you don't really know what to make of it. I do believe how Franklin recruits, how Franklin gets these players going, and how Franklin has a love for Penn State, he is a top 10 coach in college football, without a doubt, in my opinion. Number nine is Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell is easily the biggest jumper of all. Matt Campbell, what he has done for Iowa State, And what's crazy is how he's done it for Iowa State. Because if he's had offers, there's been reports for years that Matt Campbell has had offers to go to other programs, to start them up, to build them around. They've given him time in Ames. And last season, it all reached to the newest level. The Cyclones are really gearing up for a breakout year. I mean, they're gearing up for a shot to where I believe bringing back Brees Hall, bringing back Brock Purdy, bringing back Charlie Kohler. They are setting themselves up for a college football playoff run. They are right there with Oklahoma. They are right above Texas, in my opinion. They are right there. Campbell will be a name to watch for for years at the NFL level and at the Power 5 level. Auburn could have given him a call, and I would have totally seen why. This is how you build a program. If you want to see how to make a program successful. Matt Campbell's the guy you go to. Look at what he did in Toledo. When you look at what he did in Toledo, after he was voted the very first year, the worst coach in college football. Look it up. Worst coach in college football. He's a top 10 coach. Absolutely he is. Last season, he probably was a top 25 coach. This year, he's a top 10. He's 71 and 43 as a head coach. He's 35 and 28. He recently picked up a big time win in the Fiesta Bowl. And he set themselves up for a really breakout year. I 100% believe in Matt Campbell, without a doubt. This episode of Locked On Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Built Bar has nine unique flavors, each covered in 100% real chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. So whether you want a coconut, a cherry, a raspberry, or a peanut butter brownie, you're still going to get that chocolate taste just with a nice nougat center. The bars are low in pro- uh, high in protein, low in sugars, low in calories, and high in fiber, and they're great for anybody on the keto diet. 
I start my day off every day with a peanut butter brownie protein bar, and it has 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugars, 4 net carbs. You're not going to find a product like this anywhere else out on the shelves. And when you go visit BillBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 50% off on your next purchase. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. In 25 minutes or less, you can get caught up with every single thing you need to know about everything going on in the world of sports. You can just listen to Locked On Today. Peter Bukowski and his crew break down all major sporting news, including the NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup playoffs, and of course, news going around the MLB preparation for the All-Star Game. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, listen on the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Moving right along, so number 10 was James Franklin for me, number 9 was uh, uh, Matt Campbell from Iowa State, number 8 for me is Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen was the most underappreciated coach until I got to Gainesville. Absolutely. This is going to be a trivia question one day, and I guarantee you most of you will not know this. Who was the very first team in the college football playoff poll system to be ranked number one? It was Mississippi State. Mississippi State is going to be a trivia question for years to come, and Dan Mullen was the head coach of that team. What he's done in the SEC in general just shows how much he has been undervalued for years. And then when he got a shot at Florida, he is not disappointed. He, in fact, has overly exceeded expectations and probably met them along the way in his three years there. He's 29-9 as a head coach. He has shown that he can build a healthy rivalry with Georgia. He's just behind the Alabamas and the Texas A&Ms of the world. Everything that people said, oh, he's in Starkville because this is where he works. A smaller school to where he can develop talent and just be a small school guy. Now, Dan Mullen always was a big school guy who never got his shot. He got his shot, and now he's living it up. In my opinion, Dan Mullen is the most underappreciated coach in the SEC still to this day. But I do think that there are some things you got to look at. He wasn't able to get his team all the way to the college football playoff. That LSU game is going to haunt him for years and years. I promise you that Marco Wilson chew is going to be bad. But he's right there. I mean, he's right there. Number seven for me is Ryan Day from Ohio State. Listen, he's 23-2. and two. There's no denying that he is a productive head coach. But I give him a year. This really his, was his first year. Urban Meyer steps down. He takes over. They go to the college football playoff. Urban's guys. Urban's recruits. Urban's staff. Urban, Urban, Urban. This past year, takes him to the college football playoff. Takes him to the college football final. Two losses in two years. Three years, my bad. Three years. This is now the time that we're seeing him be, actually be a good coach. I'll give him this. I was not high on Ryan Day when he got hired. I am now. I believe that he is a very talented head coach. And I believe that he is a coach who has earned the right to no longer have to worry about, oh, were these urban players? Were these got? Were these guys? You know, recruited because of who they had here? No, he's done the recruiting, and he hasn't missed a beat. He comes into me for me at number seven. Number six is Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly gets a pass for one reason: wins talk. I don't care if you win forty-five games against nobodies; you still win. You are a winner. 
He has over a 70% win rate in college career. And at Notre Dame, he is right there. He's either next or he he's either second or he's about to be first in uh, wins for a Notre Dame head coach. Winning his coach in program history. He's taken his team to a national title. He's been to the college football playoff twice. He's been to the big game. And I'll include the college football playoff as a big game. Three times. And he's been a guy who has been one of the more consistent coaches for years. Now, again, when he gets the big game, he loses. Happens. Clemson. Alabama. Alabama. Loses those games. But I will give him this. When he came into this season, nobody knew if he was going to be able to hang in the ACC. He hung in the ACC. They had one loss. And it was to Clemson in the ACC Championship. Now, North Carolina gave him a run. Clemson with DJ Ugalalele gave him a run. He's a good coach. You got you got to give him that. But the top five, it starts with Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart was a coach in waiting for years and years and years at Alabama. Georgia gave him a call as alma mater, and he had to take it. And since taking it, once again, recruiting has been up. More on top of that, player skills have been up. You're looking at the talent that has been produced going to the NFL. It has been up. How many times he's gone to New Year's Six Bowls. He's going on his third straight this past year with the win over uh, Cincinnati. That's up. They were able to go to the college football playoff. That's up. He went to the national title. And besides the second and 26, that's up. Kirby Smart is a good coach. He's 52-14 and 14 as a head coach. And he's done a fabulous job taking over. Mark Rick, in his first five seasons, was 52-13. and 13. He is posted in the exact same years, the same numbers as Mark Rick. Mark Rick is considered the greatest George coach of the last 30 years. I believe it's Kirby Smart. I absolutely believe it's Kirby Smart. Number four is Lincoln Riley. I love Lincoln Riley, but I do believe Lincoln Riley is a product of the system. But you got to admit, 45-8 is a good record. 45-8 and eight is hard to beat. Four straight Big 12 championships, four college football playoff appearances, top 10 recruiting class, QBU. At this point, can we just call Oklahoma QBU for now? Because they are. They have two, three already in the league. Two were number one picks in Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Two were Heisman winners. One was a Heisman finalist in Jalen Hurts. One could be a Heisman finalist in Spencer Rattler. And one could be a first round pick. My bad, number one pick in Spencer Rattler. He's QBU. The reason why I have him at four is because of that four. He is 0-4 in college football playoff appearances. That does mean something to me. You can't win in the big game. Because you know who can win in the big game comes in at number three, and that is Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher can win in the big game. He's done it. It was a rough 2019 you play the number one team, the number one offense, when you face them, twice. Oh, and by on top of that, you face Trevor Lawrence. You also face a really, really good Georgia team that probably didn't get the respect they deserved that year in the rain. And you face a really good Auburn team that year. That defensive line was stellar. Derek Brown, uh, Trey, Trey Brown at the linebacker spot, Marlon Davidson, And you went down to the wire with two of them. You almost beat Georgia and you almost beat Auburn. Alabama, there's nothing I can do about that. Clemson, 
it was a close game in the first half. It immediately went south in the second half. And then when you look at LSU, nobody was beating LSU. Nobody was beating LSU. Besides that, top 10 in recruiting has changed the culture at Texas A&M, has them gearing up for a playoff spot this year. Plus, he's also won a national title. I give that to Jimbo Fisher over a guy like Lincoln Riley. Number two is Dabble Sweeney. I'm not going to spend much time on this. Dabble Sweeney, six straight ACC championship games. They never missed the college football playoff at nine times out of ten. They're playing in the national title game against the number one head coach, and that's Nick Saban. Nick Saban has been doing this for 20-plus years. He doesn't have 100 losses in his career, which is amazing when you break it down on some of the teams he's coached at with Michigan State, with LSU, with Kent State, with Alabama. You could say, okay, how does he not have 100 losses since he's been coaching so long? He just doesn't. That's why he is the GOAT of college football. That's why he is the GOAT and why everyone says who's going to be the next Nick Saban because you're trying to figure out who's going to take over and be that guy. And here's the reality of it. There's never going to be that guy. But I do think that when you look at the SEC, there are some really good coaches, and I do think that maybe you could have another one in line if Luke Fickle ever were to make the jump down here, which I would love to see him at somewhere. But you do have some really good coaches in there, especially Jimbo Fisher, of course, with Kirby Smart, and Dan Mullen as well. That's good for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, 4th of July is coming up, so why don't we make it a little patriotic talking about our Mount Rushmore. Who are the four men that best represent Texas A&M and the history of the club? We'll be discussing that and much, much more. See you tomorrow, and remember, make them y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.